Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. Friends, today we're continuing a sermon series that we've been in for the past several months in the book of Exodus. We'll be in Exodus uh, 32 uh, this morning, and our brother Willie Addison is going to open God's Word for us. Praise the Lord. Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, take off the rings of gold that are in your ears of your wives, your sons and your daughter, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up early to pray. The Lord said to Moses, go down for your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have gone, corrupted themselves, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf, and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods. O God, who brought you up out of the land, our God. O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt? And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them. And I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation out of you. But Moses implored the Lord, the Lord, his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent, did he bring them out of the bring them out to kill them in the mountains? and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offsprings as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have promised I will give to your offsprings. And and they... And they shall inherit it forever. 
And the Lord relented from the disaster he had spoken of bringing on his people. Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with two tablets of testimony in his hand. Tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and on the back, they were written. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it is not the sound of shouting for victory or the sound of, of the crowd defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. As soon as he came near the camp and he saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot. And he threw the tablets out of his hand and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder and scattered it on the waters and made the people of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, let not the anger of the Lord burn hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they say to me, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of, e out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, let any who have gold take it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it in to the fire, and out came this calf. The next day, Moses said to the people, you have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can, uh, I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you will, forgive their sin. But if not, please block me out of your book that you have written. But the Lord said to Moses, Whoever sinned, sinned against me, I will block out of my book. But now, go lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in, that, in the day when I visit, I will visit the sin upon them. Then the Lord sent a plague on the people because they made a calf, the one that Aaron had made. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true, and it is given to us in love. You may be seated. So as we're continuing in our study in the book of Acts, we see already that God has shown himself to be faithful. He delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. They experienced the miracles of him um, dividing the waters. Um, he was a pillow of cloud um, and, and a pillow of fire. Um, he navigated them through these waters and he got them out of the land of Egypt. Now Moses has gone up and he, he's gotten the Ten Commandments. They give them to the people. If we remember a couple weeks ago, they said all that the Lord has said we will do. So now Moses is back on the mountaintop with the Lord. And as Moses is at the mountaintop, um, people are now 
wondering, where is Moses? Moses has been gone 40 days, and, and the people are wondering, where is Moses? But Moses is on the mountaintop with the Lord. I got to believe that Moses is experiencing a type of paradise. I got to believe that the air was cool there, um, that, that the fellowship was perfect. There was peace. There was comfort and joy because, after all, he was on the mountaintop with the Lord. So I can imagine it was kind of like the transfiguration experience where, where Moses was there really wanting to stay with the Lord, but the Lord had work for him to do. So Scripture says that the Lord sent Moses back down the mountain. It says, and, Mo, and the Lord said to Moses, go down for your people who you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. So now God has this sense of humor here. God looks at Moses and says, go back down the mountain for your people. The people that you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Ain't that something that God looks and say, certainly my people will not this way. My, my people will not like this. Moses, these have got to be your people. So he sends Moses back down the mountain. And, 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 and as Moses is, they made this golden cow. They're worshiping it. And not only are they worshiping this golden cow, they, they say that he is our God. I can't for the life of me understand how people who had experienced the goodness of God can make something and then say, this is the object. This is the object that brought us out of our bondage. I don't understand, but, but, but let's not look at them too funny. Because we too can lose our mind. So, so, so they, they, the, God says, I have seen this people. Behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Stiff neck. He's, listen, listen, they hard to learn. My, my daddy had a saying, a hard head makes a soft behind. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A hard head makes a soft behind. These, these were stiff neck people. They were hard headed. They were set. They were stubborn. They were it fixed in their own way. What we see from these people is that a picture of and patience. These people, Moses had only been gone for 40 days. They, want, they wanted Moses to return. So Moses had not returned. So what we see is they, they become impatient. And it says this, as for this man, Moses, the man, Moses, the one who brought us out, we don't know what has happened with him. Y'all do know where he at. He's on the mountain with the Lord. Listen, I, I, I the smoke to them still got to be coming off because there was fire that came down on the mountain that there had to be. There had to be some sign that that Moses was with the Lord. And I don't know about y'all, but if smoke had already came down, there, there was thundering and there was lightning. I don't know if I want to mess with God. I, I, I think I might want to wait right there till Moses get back. But, but, but because they were impatient, they decided to move on their own. Recently, I read an article, an investment article, and it was talking about the six major generations. It talked about the GI generation, the mature generation, the baby boomers, the Generation X, the uh, millennials, and it talked about the Z generation. 
And what it said was that there was a common thread that was throughout all these different generations. And it begins to show up more and more frequency, frequently over the generations. And the model of this hybrid generation is called the microwave generation. What it's saying is that even the microwave takes too long. What he was saying is that people have become impatient. And even in the church, people have become impatient. We are people who want it, and when we want it, we want it right now. We, we, we hate to wait. We are people of instant gratification, even when it comes to God. If God does not come through when we think he ought to come to, our whole belief system begins to shake. There's a trembling that happens. And, and when we have to wait, we become frustrated. And when we become frustrated, we become disappointed. And when disappointment set in, impatience begins to rule our life. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of doubt. We then get in the fix-it mode. That means that we have to fix it and we have to fix it now. When we do that, we begin to make rush decisions. We begin to make unwise decisions. We begin to do what we see today. We see idolatry, we see impatience, and we see mercy. What we see is people saying, I'm not going to wait on God. I'm going to fix this myself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever been in a situation that says, God is not moving fast enough for me, so I got to do this thing myself? Anybody? Anybody? And if you tell the truth, when you put your hand in it, things begin to go left. So what we find here is the people say to Moses, they say to Moses, Moses, make us God. Make us gods. So Moses says, take off your earrings and all your jewelry, your gold, bring it all to me. They bring it to Mo. They bring it to Aaron. They bring it to Aaron. They bring it to Aaron. They give it to Aaron. And so Aaron, y'all know he, he got his story mixed up, right? Because he said they just threw it in and out came his calf. He took in that graving tool, and he did it, and, and, and he flipped it, and he made it. See, see, this wouldn't be foreign to the children of Israel. This wouldn't be foreign to them because they had just came out of Egypt where they worship idols, they worship gods, and they worship things. And, 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 and this calf was actually to represent the presence of God. It believed that the, the presence of the deity was inside the, the whatever idol that they made. So they, so they made this idol, and, and, and it became, they said, this is the Lord who, who, who made, who delivered us. So can you imagine when Moses comes down off this mountain, and he hears some people shouting and dancing and not social distancing at all? Can you imagine that? You come down, they're supposed, they supposed to be social distancing, but ain't nobody social distancing because it says they, they was eating and drinking and they rose to play. See, when we look at the word play, it means to be involved in sexual immorality. Hello? 
So follow me. There was no social distancing happening. They, they, were, they, were, they were doing stuff that they had no business. Now, not only were they involved in, in this worship, they were, actually, they were actually breaking the first two commandments. The first is you should have no other God before me. In other words, nothing should ever take his place. The second was you should not make any carved images or any likenesses that is in the heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. They made a God, y'all. They said this, 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 this is him who did it. But if they, if they knew that the, the, the Lord, who the Lord was, they would know that there was none like him, that he was the only true and living God. They, they, they would understand that it was a blessing in waiting up, upon the Lord to move. They, they, they would understand that. See, the sin of idolatry is not just making golden calves. It is something that we, brothers and sisters, people that look like me and you, people that's in this building, people that's listening over uh, the Internet need to understand that we need to guard ourselves against our idolatry. While we may not build any golden calves or statues, you don't have to look very far in our culture, in our society, and even among professing Christians to see idolatry. We see it in our government. We see it in businesses. We see it in, 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 in our personal lives where sometimes our hobbies, our vacations, our family and our friends get in the place of God. Nothing should take his place because he is God. He is everything. So, so just what is an idol? An idol is this, anything, any and everything that takes place takes the place of God. Anything that causes us to divert our attention from our primary objective. What is our primary objective? Our primary objective is to know God and to worship him. So if there's anything that shows up in our life that gets in the way of us knowing God and worshiping him, it is an idol. I don't care what it is. Are y'all listening to me? So we only think bad things can be idle. Sometimes good things can get in our way. Sometimes good things can stop us from loving God and knowing him and worshiping him like we should. It is impossible. I, I need to say this. It is absolutely impossible for us to create or place anything in the position of God. We cannot create anything that can, can become our God. You know why? Because God is unlimited. God is unlimited in his essence and his nature. God is boundless. So the moment we make a physical image to be, become our God, what we're doing is we're trying to limit a limited God. We, we know he got all power. How, how can you take a God who has all power and put him in a box. How can you take a God who knows everything and put him in a box? It's, it's impossible to, to limit God. When we do that, we try to deny who he is, and we try to hinder his glory. God is awesome, beyond awesome. 
You, you just ever go out at night and look at the stars? God is awesome. You, you ever just go outside? You ever been traveling and, and you get to look over at the mountains? God is awesome. You, you ever been sick and God healed your body? God is awesome. So whenever we try to, 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 to put God in a box, we, we only, only limit our picture of him. It's a sad thing to try to make him what we want him to be. We used to sing a song in the church where I'm from. He may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. And when you understand that he is an on-time God, he don't have to move when you say move. He don't have to do what you say do. You, you, you appreciate him more. Because anybody that we can control, we tend not to care for them. Hello? Hello? When, when you don't care for your neighbor and you talk about your neighbor and you treat your neighbor any old kind of way, what you're saying is that I don't care for you. I don't have any respect for you. I'm glad I can't put God in the box. I'm glad that God don't move at my every beck and call. I'm glad that God's let me know every now and then that I'm in charge. I'm glad he lets me know that I'm the one with all power in my hand. So we found in Psalms 115, and it says, it, it, these, these four verses says this, um, their idols are silver and gold. The works of their hands, they have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. Uh, they have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but they do not walk. They do not, they, listen to this, they do not make a sound in their throats. Listen to this. Those who make them become like them, and so do all who trust in them. Are y'all hearing me? Listen, listen, these idols can't do nothing for you. Hello? They got hands but can't feel. Got ears but can't hear. Mouths but can't talk. Noses but can't smell. And you want to know what happens to them? The Bible tells us that Moses came down. When Moses came down, he saw it and the anger burnt hot. Are y'all listening to me? So Moses took the golden calf and Moses threw it in the fire. Are y'all with me? And, and he threw it in the fire and he, and he ground it up and it became powder. And he took that powder and he sprinkled it in the water. It's in the scripture. It's there. He sprinkled it in the water and then he made the children of Israel drink it. Now, now, now listen to me. Let, let me tell you something. My grandmama, one time I told her I had a headache. My grandmama told me, she said, youngin, Go out there and get you some pine needles. I went out in the yard because I ain't know no better. I got them pine needles and, and, and my grandmama took them. She put them in a pot and she boiled them. And she took a lemon 
and she squeezed some lemon in that pot. Then she took a peppermint and threw it in that pot. If I was old, I wouldn't have drunk that. When my grandmama poured it in a cup, she said, drink it. It's going to make you forget all about your headache. <laughs> Guess what? I forgot all about my headache. And when I saw this, it made me think that this is going to upset their stomachs. <laughs> He took the ashes and he threw it in the water and he told them to drink it. And in my mind, I'm just saying this is going to make them sick. This is going to turn their stomach. This is going to cause them to be sick. And what I realized is that is how we ought to feel about sin. It ought to make us sick. It ought to turn our stomach. It ought to cause us to be upset when we do things that are contrary to the will of God. When we allow things to come in our life and take his place. It ought to make us sick. So he made them drink it. Now, they've drunk this stuff. It's, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they're confused at what's going on. But, but, he's, but he's angry. So what we saw is that the people were impatient. We saw that because of their impatience, they made an idol. And now what we're about to see is we're about to see God's mercy. Truth be told, all of us know about his mercy. I know we do. I know, I know we know about his grace and mercy. You know how I know? Because we're here today. None of us deserve to be here. We deserve death. But it's because of grace and mercy that we are here. So in, in verse 11, Moses says to the Lord, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. These are your people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people? Let, 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 let me give them back to you because they belong to you. So, so what he's saying is, God, 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 God don't kill them. Don't kill them. He, listen, he told Moses, I will make a good nation out of you. That's what he said to Moses. Moses says to him, Lord, don't kill them. Don't kill them. Don't, 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 don't. Let them say that he brought them out here and he killed them because he couldn't take care of them. But y'all, it's there. It's there. That's what the scripture says. But see what Moses was doing. Moses was concerned about what people would think about God. You ever think about what people would think about God when they see you doing and acting the way you act? That's that. Look, look, I ain't, I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to us. That, that when we don't love like we should, when we act like we shouldn't, Moses was concerned. He was like, I, I don't want them to say bad stuff about you. Y'all, listen, you, there, there are times, I, I, I know, I know, I'm not perfect. I'm going to shock some of y'all that I mess up sometimes. I had somebody tell me one time, and you're supposed to be a Christian. If you ever want to make me mad. Tell me that I'm supposed to be a Christian. I am a Christian. 
I ain't perfect, but I am a Christian. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all following me? We need to understand that even as Christians, we we mess up not sometimes, a lot of times. So, so, so here it is. They, he says, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about God. So he goes to him and, and he talks. He, 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 he mediates on their behalf. What he is, what he is, he goes up and he's representing the children of Israel and he talks to God on their behalf. And it has, see, he, he, he is not only representing them, but he's also representing God when he goes back to the people. Are y'all following me? So not only did he speak to God on their behalf when he was there, but he came down, saw what they were doing, handled business down there. As a matter of fact, those verses that we did not read talks about uh, uh, Moses telling those that were on the Lord's side to, to come over to him. And three, the people came over to him and he says, put your sword on your side. Let's go get those who are not on the Lord's side. Y'all, that's what our sin deserves is death. So after they handle that business, he goes right back up and he talks to the Lord. He, te- he speaks on their behalf again and he says to the Lord, he said, Lord, Lord, can you, re- can you relent this angle that you got against these people? Can, can, can you relent? Don't, 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 don't destroy them like this. And he goes up and, and the Lord tells him. He, he even says this. I got to say this. I got to hurry up and sit down, too. It's a lot, it's a lot of stuff I got to do. So he says, he says, don't kill them. Have mercy on them. But if you kill them, kill me, too. Block me out of your book. I'm telling y'all right now. I love all y'all. I'm going to try to stay here a little while longer. Hello? Do y'all see Moses? Moses said, if you take, if you take them out, take me out too. You know why? You know what Moses was saying? Because I'm just like them. I'm no better than them. That's, I believe that's what he was saying. Listen, you got to understand, brothers and sisters, we ain't no better than the other one. How dare us sit over there and look at them and say, I can't believe they act like that. And just because they mess up, you can't look over there and say, I can't believe they acting like that. All of us need the same amount of blood that Jesus shed. Are y'all hearing me? All of us stand on the blood-stained ground at the foot of the cross. Are y'all with me? All of us stand there. All of us need that blood. There ain't but one thing that can wash away our sin. And it's nothing but the blood. We all need the blood of Jesus. So, so he does it. He resents. He, 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 does not, he does not kill them. I'm thinking about this discipleship course that I'm in called Sonship. And the, 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 the founder of this program, his name is Jack Miller. And, and I hear this throughout the... Throughout the, 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 the course of the lesson, it says, cheer up, you're worse than you think you are. <laughs> Every time I hear it, 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 just, it just taps me right here. It lets me know that I'm worse than I think I am. Hello? Then, then it says this, cheer up, the gospel is greater than you can imagine. 
So Moses was, was, was acting as their mediator. And Mo, this mediator is one that goes between both parties. Moses was resi- re, um, mediating between the children of Israel and, and God. So, so what happens is that Moses was actually showing us what I see, what we should see here, is that there is a need for a greater mediator than Moses. So, so mediators, mediators, the, the, the ones that the priests who would come along, they had to give in the old administration, they had to make a sacrifice for their sins. And what we needed was a sinless, perfect mediator. Moses nor the priests that followed him could do it. They could not fill that requirement. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, there is one who truly fits the vocation of the mediator, and that, that, that's between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the gospel is greater than we can imagine. Jesus is the only one who is able to die for our sins, as God and as man. Christ, listen to this, Christ is the only efficient, effective mediator for us. As God, Christ did this. He brings divine justice and mercy to our relationship with our creator. And as a man, he brings perfect human obedience and dies as a sinless sacrifice for which we needed to be reconciled to God. Y'all, we needed a perfect sinless uh, sacrifice so we could be reconciled back to God. Watch this, y'all. Not only did Christ sacrifice himself for us, he also lives and intercedes for us right now. Brothers and sisters, the gospel is greater than we can imagine. That is good news today, that we don't have to worry about it because the gospel has made a way for us. The gospel justifies, the, job, the gospel sanctifies, and the gospel glorifies. Brothers and sisters, we have a reason to be happy today because we are people that when we become impatient, we can let things take the place of God. And, and God is so good. He's so rich in his kindness that he spares us because Jesus Christ is there interceding on our behalf. I don't know about you, but I'm happy to know that God is merciful toward me. And if you know that he's been merciful, stand to your feet. If you know that he's been merciful, put your hands together and tell him thank you. If you know that it's because of him, if you know that the gospel is greater than you can ever imagine, why don't you just tell him thank you? Because he's been good to us. Brothers and sisters, let's pray. God, our Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your love, your kindness, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you, God, that you have been here with us. God, you have promised in your word that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, even when we are impatient, even when we allow things to take your place, God, you show us your mercy. So, God, when we leave this place today, God, I pray that our hearts are changed and our minds are focused on you, and we will never allow anything to take your place. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. 
you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org. 